I'm Laura Harper-Lake. And I'm Sarah Reitzman, and you're you're listening listening to Creative Guts. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Creative Guts. This is a very exciting episode for me because our guest is someone who has been on my list since the very beginning of Creative Guts, but I was worried that she was too cool, so I was nervous to ask. We're talking with Jennifer Moore, or Jam, of Recover Girl. Jen is a sustainable fashion hero and the founder of Port Swap and Project Upcycle. We are very excited to talk to Jam, so let's get right into the guts of this episode of Creative Guts with Jennifer Moore more or jam of recover girl jennifer yes we're so happy to have you on the podcast thank you i'm excited to be here i don't want to gush too much because nobody likes people gushing over them but so creative guts has been around for two and a half years now and you have been on my list since the very beginning but i didn't want to ask you until we knew what we were doing and we like looked cool like if you had been here for the first episode you would not be complimenting ourselves oh my gosh no i (laughs) well i just feel the same about doing anything so (laughs) please call me for anything because how you feel is how I always feel about everything I'm doing. This awkward, <laughs> scared. Yep. She's too cool to be like a test subject. So like we have to wait until we know what we're doing. So she thinks we're cool also. Oh, I fooled <laughs> you. I like that. <laughs> so just to get started, will you tell our listeners a little bit about where and how your passion for sustainable fashion started and how it's evolved? Good question. Okay. So I feel like I was raised just liking authentic things made well. So it was really, easy for me to dress myself that way. I graduated high school in 1986, so I went to college in the 80s. And so just wearing those blazers and like army jackets, that was really easy to do. And it wasn't until I had children and I had to shop new for another body. Yeah. That face you're making (laughs) is how I felt. Like, so just imagine like, okay, I just have to buy play clothes for kids because Buying secondhand, it's a little easier now, but buying secondhand in 2000 for children was harder. Yeah. So I had to go to stores and buy new things. Already I was mad. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And Mm -hmm. then you walk into spaces and you could just like, it smelled like plastics or something, you know, and then they go to school and they really have to wear not secondhand clothes, you know, like to an extent you can, but you have to be a little bit more buttoned up. So that's really where it started. Me just being upset with the options that are available for like children. It's easier to shop for adults secondhand and Mm. it's easier and easier with every day. Yep. So And how it's changed, I guess, is that the world has changed. Like everything, it's just easier. Now there's like an actual app, Gem app. I don't know if you know it, G-E-M, where you can search everything, like all the platforms that sell secondhand or vintage. You can can search one app and it will search all of them. Whoa. Guess what I'm downloading (laughs) after this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely go on there a little too much lately. I haven't really put that much thought into the... Like, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of thrifting. I'm also a huge fan of inclusivity and recognize sort of the places where like thrifting is not super inclusive. I never really thought about kids clothes, but I know like there are thrift stores that don't do men's clothes anymore, which is 
fair because men don't donate nice clothes because they wear them until they're disgusting and old. But there's also like, I hear a lot from like the plus size community that like there aren't a ton of options for them. And so I feel very sort of like thrift privilege. Like yeah, I, I can agree. find mediums at a thrift store. Yeah. And I feel like I wasn't aware of that either yeah. because, you know, when you're younger, this is true for me, I'll say this. When I was younger, I was smaller. It was easier for me to fit into more things. Yeah. And now as I get older, my size, according to the world, is large or extra large. And finding that in vintage is really hard. And so that has made me aware how limiting it is for people who want plus size. And the options for plus size is so much better than it used to be, but it's behind. So it still tends to be fast fashion more than yep. other things. Yeah, for yep. sure. That's unfortunate. But we're, we're moving. That yeah, was that was a later question I was actually going to bring up was, you know, dealing with the sizing for what you do and you kind of just answered it, but they're really, I used to thrift a ton and I love it so much, but I don't anymore because I got frustrated Yeah, because there wasn't as many options and it was really hard. Yeah. And I... I think that the gem app will help a little bit. Like I, when I search, I definitely include my size in the search. It doesn't always work, but mm. it helps a little bit. Yeah. yeah, because in fashion in general, you go to two different stores and one you might be an XL, one you might be an L, one you might be a small, one you might be a medium. Like oh there's, God. I'm nodding, which doesn't work on the podcast, but 100%. Yes. Yeah. So that's a challenge because there's also esteem stuff circled in with fashion and with how, you know, people pick out their clothes. So then someone might be feeling things they shouldn't, you know, they don't need to be processing and they're just trying to pick out an outfit to feel nice. So, so that's really tough. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Yep. And I like that you mentioned fast fashion too, because I find that a lot of the stuff at thrift stores is fast fashion and that I, oh, I always feel a little sort of guilty or torn. Like there's a conflict there. Like I'm buying it at a thrift store, so that's better than buying it new, but is it better than just not oh, buying it? Oh, don't feel bad. Okay, good. Don't feel bad. <laughs> if I, if I found something that was fast fashion and I have, I've, I found yeah. like an H&M jacket that I thought, well, this is nice. I'd actually wear this. And yeah. that I just feel like anytime I'm shopping and I need to say up front, I go thrift shopping a lot. So anyone who feels like, oh, I'm bad because I shop a lot. Like, I just feel like since I'm always going to a vintage store or I'm always going secondhand, that I'm just like constantly recycling, mm -hmm. you know, yep. based on my age, my style preferences, my size, all of it. So we're just, if we just keep doing that. But you mentioned that more of the secondhand stores are filling up with fast fashion. That yeah. to me is unfortunate. Like yep. if it's a good piece, it's a good piece. But more often it's not made with great materials it's not constructed well and it just feels like the percentage of those secondhand stores that is filled with that is just too big and it feels like it used to be that we would go to secondhand stores and it was 50s and 60s mm. and 70s clothes and yeah. now it feels all fast fashion that is just not fabulous yeah that's so sad yeah it is sad i'm yeah. sorry besides the app do you have any advice or suggestions for folks that are looking to go into the world and find clothes that aren't fast fashion in thrift stores or is there any way to maneuver past that or just kind of find the, your favorite places and stick with them you're making me think so I really want to answer this because I feel like I am asked this question. So I think what I do, because I am obsessed with style, people who would look at me and be like, you don't look like it because I just like to wear <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt sometimes. But I really do love expressing myself with my style. And I spend a lot of time on Pinterest, way too much time, actually. And I'll have, I have a spring fashion board and a fall fashion board and a <laughs> 
and like I have a sneaker board, all of it. So I'm always <laughs> thinking about it. And I actually think that helps me narrow in on what it is that I really want. And then so if it is like New Balance sneakers, for instance, which I love made in USA, I can buy that thing new and I can have it for years and take good yeah. care of it. And then when I'm pinning other things that I seem to be falling in love with, it's like, oh, it's a blazer. It's a tweed blazer. I can see that now because it's all collected and I can see that it's repeating itself. And then so I would probably not buy a blazer new because it's expensive. So I would go to Gem or Etsy or eBay and try to find that blazer. And it's not, it's like art. Like you're never gonna get it right one time and never want another one. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're just constantly expressing yourself and getting it better. And like, aren't we all looking for the most perfect Levi jeans that fit perfectly? Yes. Yes, no. <laughs> yes. For me, I am. My life is like trying to find the perfect <laughs> Levi jeans. So, Ugh, jeans, yeah. 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 Fashion is so incredibly tough because you're juggling form and function, truly. Like you're saying something about yourself when you present yourself in the world and you're wearing something and you look a certain way, but then you also want to be comfortable, yep. ideally, and, and feel warm. And warm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> or I mean, cool. right. Yeah. First yeah. and foremost, it's to protect you from the elements yep. Yep. and then to protect people from, you know, seeing things. And then it's to look good, you know, is sort of the last bit. But then I feel like sometimes people reverse that order and they care more about about how it looks rather than how it feels or I spend so much time thinking about what you're talking about I think it's fascinating like I have spent my life thinking about it it's not my work I mean this is like my community work that we're mm -hmm. talking about me and recover girl and project upcycle that's my community work I've never worked in fashion I'm just fascinated about how what we wear what it communicates to the world and sometimes I care about that and sometimes I don't and that's why I made a joke about how some people will look at me and say you don't look like you care about fashion and that's partly because I really love to feel warm and comfortable too so I left the house with just sweats yesterday and I am old enough now that I just don't care what message that might send I'm more happy being comfortable yeah it does seem like something that changes with age you know I feel like my peers I've noticed get more comfortable with themselves and representing however the heck they want and not caring as much about what people think so that they do aim for clothes that are more you know, fitting to be able to move well and, you know, maybe stay away from the stilettos or whatever. Yeah. 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 Which I've always stayed away from. Yeah, me too. Give me a kitten heel or sneakers. Yeah, yeah 100%. I like my feet. It's almost, I, I use this term a lot, Darwinian. Like, it feels Darwinian. When you're in your teens and your early 20s, you're still so, like, in a fog about, like, where is my place in the world? Yeah. And so there's more of a pressure to present to the world something that's a little more together than we actually are inside. And then you realize, I feel this is true, and I've said it so many times to friends lately, that I feel way more attracted to a person if they're willing to show me what's wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> like they're authentic self. And maybe that is part of why I'm okay with just walking around in sweats. I don't need to feel put together all the time. Oh, I love that. It's kind of freeing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm glad. It is. So you mentioned 
Project Upcycle, and mm-hmm. I'm very excited because that is how you landed on my radar, was that I went to the first Project Upcycle, and it was amazing. Tell I, me your memories, because I want to relive it. Oh my gosh. So I took my mom, which was great. We made a night of it, and it was really fun. Beautiful. So we were in that little room at 3S Art Space off to the right first, and there was like cool things set up in there, and you know, food in there. And I loved that the models were people from the community, and the designers were people I had never heard of, but oh my gosh, I didn't know that we like had amazing designers right here like some of them were local and it was just oh it was great it was so great yeah so I always tell people it's sort of like Project One Ray but you know with thrift clothes and it was at 3S Art Space in Portsmouth and yes yeah see the first year I just I'm so excited for every year that we continue Project Upcycle but the first year just really has my heart and it was so good and I'm so glad that you were there because it's almost like we can talk about it but unless you were there like it was actually moving. I cried and I screamed. And that's what Project Upcycle is. It's really about like bringing people together. I know that these sound corny, but it's about building a community of designers in New England. And when you meet someone and you fall in love with them because you're working in the same room for two and a half days and it's like blood, sweat and tears, Ugh. like it makes me so proud that those people that work together are still friends and they get together and we're all still connected. And yeah, that sounds really corny. I can't not sound corny talking about it, but it was really beautiful. It was amazing. It was like, if you had just told me about it, I would have been like, yes, that's cool. No, it was so much cooler and than I could have imagined. And like the crowd that was in the room and the caliber of the designers that were up on stage. And like, again, the like regular community people who are sort of famous. And I put that in quotes, like local famous, like a Portsmouth city councilor was one of the models. Yep. And like, how cool is that? Yeah. I have to give the credit uh, for that to Beth Fel. Falconer, who is okay. the executive director at 3S Art Space. Yeah. So it was her idea to have community role models and to have like the the person I'm thinking of now, he's the fire chief. Ugh. And he walked the runway and the, he was dressed in something that was upcycled. It looked almost royal to me, like kind of Japanese inspired royal garb. And I think I was nervous that a dude who's an older man. Yeah how he would feel about walking the runway. But he, like, I could cry just thinking about it. And I screamed like I was at a Beatles concert when he walked the runway because it was so (laughs) moving. And you talk about the crowd. I felt like this is a podcast about creativity and being forced in a room to be creative in two and a half days under pressure. People who know how hard that is know how hard that is. Yes. And so we set a tone that we know how hard it is. We support you. We love you. And we're in here for it like it just was beautiful I loved that year oh yeah (laughs) I wish I could have snuck backstage because I feel like watching them sort of in action would have just been like totally breathtaking the whole thing was so inspiring and cool and I like I said like you unlocked something for me that I just didn't realize was was there and by there I really mean like here, like in the Seacoast mm. community of New Hampshire, like I didn't realize that you could put together an event like Project Upcycle and like you would get amazing designers of that caliber and like people would be so into it and people were so into it. And it was a partnership with Goodwill, right? Yes. good. So I already had a relationship with Goodwill for just other small projects. And it was always my idea to do what we did, yeah. like upcycle clothes from secondhand clothing. But I can hint 
to the fact that there will be changes in project upcycle going forward. Ooh. I can't say what they are, Ooh. but so it will come back in 2022. It more likely will be later in the year for safety reasons, like yep. May is kind of when we're thinking. Okay. And just expect a lot of changes. It's a good time to make big changes, you know, after all what we've been through yep. and it just feels appropriate. And part of that reasoning is that sustainable fashion is just not one thing. It's many things. So we're exploring that. Can you remind me with the winner of it, what did they won and maybe like what happened after that for that person? I always forget who's first place, second place. And like literally <laughs> I'll introduce people and say, you won, th- it was so great that you won second place. And they're like, actually I won third. And I was like, yeah, I don't Whatever. remember. I don't remember. <laughs> and I know this is, talk about corny. I know this is corny, but like I fall in love with all of the designers because yep. I am the Tim Gunn role. Like I'm just there to support them. And literally I, I'm like, do you need aspirin? I'll get get aspirin do you need water like (laughs) I just am there to help them and so I just want everybody to win and I don't have favorites honestly so the win the first place winner wins one thousand five hundred dollars the second place a thousand and third is five hundred and then it just so happens so the winners are picked by judges And we just felt like there was a lot of love coming from the community that's in the room. So the last year we added an audience prize of $500. So if the person who won first place also wins the audience prize, which happened last year, they win $2,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's it's not a ton, but it certainly is something, you know? That's Um, a ton to some people, though, you know? And that could be an investment in their future going forward if they're working on this as a small business or going to branch out on their own. That was my thinking. There's a term that I'm not going to be able to pull up and maybe you guys can where it's like micro loans. Mm -hmm. So I thought of it as like a micro loan, but they don't have to pay it back. Yeah. (laughs) A micro angel investor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like how many of us could use that? You know, it actually is akin to like a pitch competition in a way. It's really just that people showcasing their work and everything. Do you have as the Tim Gunn, do you have a catchphrase? Make it work, designers. I'm way too awkward for that. No, I I don't do that. I just run around and try to be supportive over those days. You know, yeah. you know, running an event, there's always something. Like, they need a female mannequin, and I've given them a male mannequin. Or that one doesn't... Ha- like, there's just always a little yeah. thing that needs to be fixed, and I'm happy to do that. So that's what yeah. I do. Now, I haven't been to this event, so forgive me for not knowing, but do they go in with their own materials that they've selected, or or how is it exactly coordinating where, you know, on Project Runway, they go into a store and they have X amount to spend in two hours, get your butts going? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it for in this, in this case, especially with the materials? That's the whole point. Yeah, the materials are entirely existing clothes, so they upcycle a new outfit out of existing clothes. It's very hard, and I'm the person, luckily, they gets to pick it so i for months before that i would just go to goodwill and i would pick sometimes i would just be like i'm gonna pick patterns today and then the next time i would pick like just solids that are like cotton and good materials like you know whatever it is and then so we just would have a ton of clothes for them to pick and then for the last three years there's been a common thread challenge on top of what they do yes yes you're jogging my memory because the first year was the hoist away bags right yes yes and the second year it just was so sweet it was wool from a local farm (gasps) right 
That's and the awesome. person that cool. ran the farm actually came and got on stage and talked about her farm. What was the farm? I can't pull things up like that. It I wasn't, forget. It wasn't Teresa Walker's farm yes. in Durham. Yes. Oh, I great, knew it. Great Bay Woolworks. <laughs> yes. She's a colleague <laughs> of okay. mine and you, ours. <laughs> yes, that's her. Yep. And she was so, so cool. great. Like, she just got up on stage, and her son was there, too. It was so beautiful and moving. <laughs> I know I keep saying that, but it, it was amazing. So, <laughs> so the common thread is as an additional part of the challenge that they don't learn about until they arrive. Woo. And so then they're told this is the element, like wool, and then they say you have to make an additional something for this outfit with this element. And yeah. th- this was suggested by someone. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> I am too. It's okay. I won't be able to remember. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> there is a person who has actually been a director of the actual Project Runway show. Ooh. And she lives in Elliott, Maine. And her name is Rebecca something. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so she truly, she is amazing. I love her so much. She's like a Marine. Like she orders people around and you just look at her. Okay, I'll do that like she just is some people just have that power I do not have that power so when we were in early meetings she just said there needs to be an element across the board that is the same and that's why we came up with that common thread part of the competition I love it Rebecca Henning Taylor that's it oh my god I googled Rebecca Project Runway Elliot Maine and an article (laughs) on Project Upcycle popped up yeah she's amazing (laughs) oh That's brilliant. So the pandemic affected Project Upcycle. Yes. I'm so sad about it. It did it. So it got canceled last year. Is that right? It, there was not one in 2021. So originally it should have been March in 2020. Mm. So we were weeks away yeah. of having our best ever challenge. <laughs> and the people who were the judges were literally like globally known, like world renowned judges. And all of it just had to be canceled. And so it was all taken online and it had happened in November of 2020. And there were amazing elements that came out of it that we did learn about. Like so much was shared online that we reached an audience that we didn't reach before. So there's definitely some high points, but I'm just someone who wants to be in a room with people. So I'm still sad and mad about it. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. But knock on wood, there's going to be a 2022. Yeah, I really believe that. Your other big <laughs> claim to fame in Portsmouth is Port Swap, which you helped to organize. Annual clothing swap that started back in 2009. So, <laughs> and it's outgrown its original location, right? So tell our listeners a little bit about Port Swap and its origin and how it's grown. First of all, I'm giggling and smiling because <laughs> you called it Port Swap because I... <laughs> Just wanted so much for that name to stick. So I was like, hashtag port swap. Port swap. (laughs) But all of my friends were like, Jen, that hashtag's not going to work and it's not working. But so you just called it it. So it's final. It's port swap. Port swap. What were they trying to call it instead? The the Seacoast Annual Clothing Swap or something, whatever. Ew, that's boring. No, it's not. Now that you've said it, it's official. It's port swap. It makes a great hashtag. You have to have a great hashtag. Right. And we're just going to claim it. So there. Anyway. So yes, I worked at the Portsmouth Public Library 
for 10 years, and I was on the programming committee, and so I just saw this happening around the country, and I thought, we can do this, because we're a cool library, so we can do it. And you're right, even the first year, it got so insane that there was a moment where I like looked at my coworkers <laughs> like, what have we done? It's like there was, I don't know how many, like three to 500 people, not not that many in that. It, it just was so much that it felt yeah. This might be unsafe. <laughs> Were you in the so, big Levinson room? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so backing up a minute, what what are the steps and the logistics for this as far as people are bringing in their clothes <laughs> and then just throwing it in a pile and then digging in like well, they're Well, no, diving? there are there's there is a lot of planning. And I say that because every time it happens, people are like, "You should do this more in the year." I'm like, "Do you know how much work goes into this?" Okay, so first of all, I just knew and I'd never heard this about any other clothing swap that I'd ever read about, but I just knew I didn't want for people to walk into the room and have nothing on the table. So I knew I had to have the tables already seated with clothing. And so I thought there are plenty of stores, secondhand and firsthand stores, that have stuff that they don't want anymore. So I'm going to reach out to them. And for more recent years, I literally did it for months. And, you know, when somebody does that for you, they say, I have a bag. I'm going right there. I'm going to park illegally and I'm going to get that bag. (laughs) And then I have to store that bag for months and months. Sometimes I'd have to move everything in my minivan. So it was a ton of work. But it's all worth it because the event, the the last one we had, was over 500 people. And we had a DJ and kids were dancing. And it's like the happiest day of the year. And so it was all worth it. It was amazing. So yes, so people arrive with bags of clothing. They give the bag to volunteers. And there's a lot of them. They're like 20 volunteers. We sort the clothes according to color because by size, it's really hard to do. Although the last time we did this, we noticed plus size people walk in and we thought this is not easy for them. Mm -hmm. So we did have the change the most recent year, the one that was canceled, that we would have a plus size table. And I have to say this, I'm amazed. Eloquy is a designer of plus size clothing that is really beautiful stuff. And I reached out to them and I said, would you seat a table? And they said, yes. Wow. So that was canceled. Oh, Isn't that heartbreaking? That is heartbreaking. Hopefully yeah. to be brought back. I hope so. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. 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 We'll try. The way I'm imagining it is probably much less organized because I just imagine people coming in with bags of clothes and then dumping them on the table and everybody running around and like throwing clothes around. <laughs> It's chaos, but it's really beautiful in my head. It's chaos even with all of the organizing, but it's a little less chaos. Yeah, There's a thrift store in Cambridge, I think, I went to in my 20s where there's like a clothing pit and you go in with a bag. I just was there. With a bag and it's a dollar a pound or a dollar a bag or something really ridiculous. And you basically... Garment district. Yes. I did it. My friend used to work there and I'd go visit and we'd just go swimming in clothing basically and pull out what we pull out. So that's what I'm imagining even though you've described it's not quite that (laughs) I've always regretted not being closer to one of those goodwill sort of like district centers where you can fill a bag and like pay oh yeah oh I've never been me either but I follow I you maybe have heard of refashionista the the blogger who does very similar to what you do she thrifts stuff and then she refashions it into something else and I've been following her for probably like (laughs) a decade and a half now I love her so much (laughs) I am like so many people I got on TikTok during the pandemic. <laughs> Laura did too. So oh, yeah. I follow a lot of people who are doing 
similar stuff, but I, I don't know that person. I'm oh, embarrassed that I'll I send don't you a link her. later. Okay, please do. Her name's Jillian. She's very cool, but she's okay. been doing it for like 15 plus years and almost everything. So because she goes almost exclusively to the Goodwill bins, almost everything that she refashions is like, this was a dollar. And it's like, she <laughs> takes it from super ugly, old, whatever to like totally cool. And I just, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love uh, that. And I love TikTok for feeding it to yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Do you post on TikTok? I mean, I posted like two or three things. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about then, right now you're doing a lot of your own refashioning and you've been documenting it on your blog. And mm-hmm. I think the goal this year was to do one per month, right? And that yeah. may or may not actually be happening, but I would love to talk about that. Like where you source the stuff, sort of what your goals are when you're thinking about your own refashions and like, do you draw it? Do you just kind of make it up? And what's your experience with sewing? That was too many questions. I love Start it. Start wherever you okay. want. <laughs> So, yes, I think like so many people during the pandemic, especially in the winter months, I literally just was suffering. (laughs) And I said, I can't I can't do this. I have to give myself something creative to do. So that's why I designed this idea that I would sew something once a month. And it's really all over the place. Sometimes it's upcycling something. Sometimes it's sewing it from scratch. If I've learned anything, it's that upcycling is really hard. I already appreciated how much that is a special skill. But now that I've really had to do it, it is really hard. And when I made a skirt without a pattern, but I, you know, fashioned it after a skirt that I had already had, it still was so much easier. Just so- <laughs> sewing from scratch is a million times easier. Yes. So, and I'm going to do the same thing for the next year. And so what I've realized is I should just make things easier for myself. The universe is full of clothing patterns that exist already. And I was making it harder for myself than I needed to. (laughs) So I'm going to use patterns. And that's not easy either. I realize that. But I think if I really read the directions, I will learn some things. And so I'm looking forward to that. So I'm still going to sew. And I'm a self-taught sewer. I'm a total hack. And (laughs) Me too. um, And it's this thing. So my son I have a grown son who's, I mean, he's 21 and he's an engineer and he's always making things like he made a camera, you know, oh. like he made a camera. <laughs> oh, like and one that takes pictures? Yeah. He t- oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and he gets frustrated when things don't work, but he can't stop doing it. I mean, isn't that what artists <laughs> yes. do? Creatives do. Yeah. So I'm telling you, I'm not especially good at it, but I can't stop myself from wanting to do it. So I can't. Keep torturing myself by sewing more things. That's beautiful. God, that is just the embodiment of artists. Yeah. Utterly. I was just thinking that. Like, I have been not working on my art as much lately, and I got back into it. I'm like, this is so hard, and everything I make is crap, and why do I even do this? And I was like, oh, that's blasphemy. Of course I have to do this. And it's like this cycle of I want to do this, but it's so hard to, and yep. it, you just, but you never stop. Yeah. Yeah. I have to jump in. This is, because this is what I feel like. If I've learned anything this year, It's that negative self-talk is really, it's so easy to do and it's so easy to stop you from doing something. And because I've witnessed it firsthand for a year, I recognize it and I'm better at beating it back. I'm better at noticing that I'm doing like avoidance stuff. Yeah. So it's like I spent a year sewing and really what I, I did learn about myself and the process of making and I'm trying to not let myself get away with stuff like avoidance is something I did learn a lot about I don't know if you do that Mm -hmm. totally 
Yeah. Yep. I start like, a new project in a totally new dimension. Yep. Right. I'm going to do a music <laughs> album. No, I'm going to make a film. I'm going to start a podcast yeah. and on and on. <laughs> it actually makes me feel so much better and so inspired to hear you describe yourself as a hack. Sewing was probably my first love. I start, learned how to sew as a little kid. I like made stupid, really bad stuffed animals and like whatever. And so I like, but beautiful. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I still had some. I would love to like look at them, but I don't feel strongly that my skills have progressed. <laughs> so like, I, yeah. Yeah. But I still, I just, it's so much fun. But like seeing what you do and you describing yourself as a hack makes me feel like, oh, if she's a hack, then like I can do it too, I think. I don't know how often do you try to teach somebody else what you do. A couple of times I have been invited to teach and or just invited to a high school. When I do that, I get in touch with what I do know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know a few things and I have to break them down. Uh, like, yes. you know, you get further away from everything you've learned. Yes. And I, not that this is about sewing, but I really loved this experience. So I'll tell you about it. I was invited to the Kittery High School art class. I live in Kittery. And I talked to the art teacher round and round about what would work in, you know, it's such a short amount of time, one class. What is it? 40, 45, 50 minutes, whatever. And I said, one of the things that I feel like I learned so much about with clothing is taking clothing apart. So yeah. I said, I'm just going to bring a bunch of clothes and I'm going to gift each of the students a seam ripper. And oh. the other thing is I've learned from work how important talk is. Like yeah. we don't value just having a conversation. You guys know. Now <laughs> you, this we'll is your business. You. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I said, like, I'm not going to put any pressure on any of us. We're just going to sit here and we're going to take yeah. clothing apart and we're just going to talk. If something comes to you, like you take something apart. So this young man, he opened up a pair of shorts and he saw a dart for the first time. You guys know what a dart is, I right? do. In theory, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretend I do. It's I, I, I so, kind of do. It's a, such a small thing. It's just a fold Subtle. in fabric and sewn. Okay, so yeah. That it will fit to the body. I don't, have any, I don't have any darts, sorry. When you first said it, I just thought of a throwing dart, and I'm like, someone left a throwing dart in a pair of shorts? That's a hazard. Oh, we could do a whole podcast episode of what people leave at oh, in no. clothes before they donate them to yeah. the stores. Yes, we could. Yes, but I digress. <laughs> yes, I, so, I do, yeah. He's a really intelligent, creative young man, probably 17 or 18 years old, and it was the first time he ever understood a dart. Yeah. And I... I saw it happen. I helped it happen. Uh And then, too, just to make it more amazing, he even took apart the thing that holds the belt, the belt loop. He opened up an entire belt loop. He went crazy on this piece of clothing. And the (laughs) amount of fabric that is in a belt loop would shock you. So I just think, like, there's so much that is fascinating about clothing and taking apart it is a a good exercise. Yeah. It's it's architecture. Yeah. Right. It's really complicated. And people think, like, oh, it's just fashion you know it's so hard they make it look quote unquote easy on project runway and after every season i watch it i'm like i'm gonna start doing this and i never do Uh, like i get two steps down the road i'm like this is incredibly hard and beyond me so hard yeah it's i find it's much easier if you have a designated sewing space do you have like a designated space at home my dining room (laughs) my least favorite thing about sewing is how much mess it seems to make yeah like you sew something and then you have like little scraps of fabric and little fibers and like little thread like things 
everywhere. So it's like I have to <laughs> vacuum every time I sew and it's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so if I have a, like a designated space that I could just be like, this is where I make a mess, mm-hmm. then I'm fine with it. <laughs> it does bring up like how we need space to do our work. Yep. And I wish there were more textile maker spaces. I wish that was more of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's time for a rapid fire. What other artist has influenced you the most? I can't think of a name, but what is I think of the most lately is people who take true risks. Mm. Yeah. That's a great answer. It's a beautiful answer. Do you have a favorite item that you've ever upcycled? I bought a quilted bag once that had this corny centerpiece and I just patched it over and I use it all the time. So it's just a, it's like a granny quilted bag. Aw, that's so sweet. (laughs) You walk into a thrift store. Where is the first section you're heading towards? The men's section. Oh, damn. I wish it wasn't rapid so I could know why. I want more. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite color? Green. What is your favorite scent? Sandalwood. What's your favorite sound? The first thing that came to my mind is the coffee maker going off in the morning. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, What is your favorite texture to touch? Cotton. I was going to guess corduroy. I don't know why. (laughs) In my head, I was like, it's a fabric. Yeah, I was thinking for sure it's going to be a fabric, right? Like wool. It was. (laughs) What's the last new thing you've learned? It's about risk taking. Just, yeah, there's so much to unpack that you can't do in rapid fire. Mm hmm. So here is our clincher question. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Do the thing. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. It's just that. That's easy. Just do the thing. Just do the thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Thank you so much. I don't want it to be over. Me either. Me either. But now we're friends. This was (laughs) lovely. It was really fun talking with you about this. So thank you again so much for being on the show. It was so awesome talking to you. Thank you. And with that, show show us your creative guts. Another huge thank you to Jam for joining us on the Creative Guts podcast. Just like when I watch Project Runway, I want to start sewing something right when I get home tonight. Don't worry, I won't because it's a disaster. But (laughs) I was so inspired to hear what she makes with her own two hands and then what she creates as far as opportunities for the community. I can't believe I haven't gone to a Project Upcycle before and I can't wait to go to one in the future, probably with Sarah Wrightswoman. This is probably among the most inspiring conversations that we've had on the podcast for me personally for a few reasons. Sewing is my first artistic love despite never thinking I was particularly good at it. I love thrifting because I love the environment. I've always dreamed of being an upcycler like my hero refashionista which I'm pretty sure I've talked about on an episode of Creative Catalogs before and Project Upcycle is one of the coolest events I've ever been to ever. So like I said in the introduction and in the episode I've been looking forward to interviewing Jam for a long time so I'm happy to have finally gotten a chance to get to know her better. And after the episode, because we all decided that we were going to be best friends, I went to Facebook to add her and we were already friends. (laughs) So it's meant to be. If you want to check out Recover Girl on her blog, it's recovergirl.wordpress.com. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram. Her handle is recovergirl360. As always, you can find those links and more in the episode description and on our website, creativegutspodcast.com. Please hang out with us and say hi on Facebook and Instagram, where our handle is at Creative Guts Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Creative Guts. Exciting. <laughs>
good. I can't yeah. wait to go. I want to go. Let's yeah, go you together. Ha- you have to go. Yeah. We'll have to interview the winner. <gasps> yeah. Oh, such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. We could bring the lapel mic and do like, oh, you know, on the, stop that. We're on That's the street here. Great yeah. idea. Do like micro interviews with a bunch of them. We're here at Project Upcycle talking with. Da-da-da. Insert designer here. Yep. <gasps> Ooh. My hair is standing up at the thought of this oh my actually gosh. happening. Because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of space. If it's a couple sentences, we're not going to, you know, tar it's you. It's all right. fire, though. <laughs> we edit all this part out to make you sound Yeah. <laughs> I screwed up when I was writing this. <laughs> Usually I proofread when I write, so this doesn't happen that often. Whew.